This is the flight director beginning launch status check. CLCDR checking all stations are manned and the system is permitted. Give me a go, no go. Talker? Roger, Houston. FSC? That is a go. Capcom? Oh, navigation? Uh, navigation? Oh, uh, uh. Don't, don't worry about uh, guidance, we're just gonna. Wait, 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 what, 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 you said? What, what, what? First of all, welcome back to Space Castle. It's your clubhouse and hours for all things nerdy. My name is DT. My name is Alex. And I'm Seth. We have a topic for this episode picked out, and this sent us down this fucking rabbit hole online. And I can't help myself talking about bullshit websites. In fact, <laughs> this site, I think, has sparked a new segment that I'm going to start doing, which I'm going to literally call out and shit on some website every so often. I love this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'll come out with a, a fancy a fancy jingle. It'll be like, hey, this website sucks, and here's why. That's it. <laughs> and then we'll move on. Because this fucking website... Good lord. So we were talking about cool intro stuff, intro music and whatnot, right? And that got us onto the, the Let's Get Ready to Rumble guy. And I mentioned, hey, that's this guy's entire brand. That's all he does. Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. So I Googled him. I was like, what's his, what's his actual name? It's Michael Buffer. And his website is let's rumble.com and i was like huh i wonder what that website's like it turns out terrible <laughs> <laughs> fucking shit show it is absolute shit okay so it's not even secured right it's not an https website it's just standard which is okay for maybe a little longer and for a website like this it doesn't have any information transfer it's fine it has a series of buttons and slideshows as you scroll down and every time you click, it's like, are you ready to rumble? Like, let's fucking go. Book now. Get more info. All of this stuff. And it just keeps, every time you click it, it slides you down to the next section of the website until you get to the bottom. The next panel. <laughs> it just goes to the next panel, every button. So you get down like a quarter of the way down the website. And once again, the, the fucking website says Michael Buffer is ready to rumble for you, which is really fucking weird. <laughs> but it's like the background image is like, it's like a fucking thumbnail from 1998 that's been blown up to fit into a website layout and then it's an, a parallax copy that slides up and down is on top of that so he's doubled up the same fucking image twice mm -hmm. but what gets me and this is right off the fucking bat you go to letsrumble.com the official website of michael buffer and the website starts off with background image of him with some ladies with some big old boobies holding american flags and shit and the headline is uh, a higher level of entertainment all right cool great fucking a Welcome to readytorumble.com. That's not this <laughs> That's website. That's not the fucking name of the website. And if you go to readytorumble.com, it is not an actual website. It's a domain name that's currently up for sale for $50,000. In the first actual content panel, there is a uh, spelling error. Adrenaline boosting. Adrenaline is spelled with an E. Nailed it. <laughs> yep. Yep. This looks like a shitty GOP senator run website. Like <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of has that vibe, except there's no actual information. He's got, are you ready? Question mark, register trademark everywhere. That's in basically every image. It's all over the place in, in the six or seven sentences of text on the whole website. But as you keep scrolling, you keep clicking buttons to like get in touch, book now, whatever. It just keeps scrolling you down to the very, very bottom of the website, which is a, a single 
non-headlined panel that just says info at letsrumble.com. That's it. Yes. There is no actual button to contact this man. It just leads you all the way down this fucking website to his email address. You're literally just clicking multiple times and it's just different phrases of let's get ready to rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Are you ready? And it's all fucking registered trademark for some fucking reason. Like, how is he able to do this legally? But you get down to the actual book now section and there's a button and you can't fucking read it because it's a white button with white text over a photo of him wearing a white tuxedo shirt underneath his dinner jacket. Like, <laughs> Michael Buffer, did you make this website yourself? It definitely looks like it. This website does not make me ready to rumble. <laughs> he has a loyalty program. What? He has a loyalty program? Where did you even did you guys read this? Down on the bottom, he's inviting you to narc on people who infringe on his copyright. So he says, earn rumble rewards by reporting violations of the let's get ready to rumble. Oh my God, you're fucking oh. serious. Oh. oh, it's the white text on his white shirt. Earn yeah, it's hard to rewards. read because he can't see it. <laughs> and it's just him saying, are you ready? <laughs> the button underneath that just takes you down to the bottom section with an email address in it. How do you earn Rumble rewards? <laughs> Look, I mean, it's fair to say this man is a household name. Like anybody who grew up in the 80s and 90s watching boxing or whatever, like you know the man, you know his, his very famous catchphrase. I'm not going to say it because I don't want him to fucking sue me because we've already said it like 12 times already. But <laughs> this is a man who should have a decent looking website, right? And it looks like it was made by his like stepson in Wix. <laughs> if it was made with Wix, it'd be fine. What it appears, as I'm pulling this into Built With, this is a WordPress.com paid managed WordPress instance. Oh, you see that with the uh, Favicon at the top. You don't even need to go to Built With. <laughs> so he's paying monthly for the website as well as hosting. And this is very obviously one of the default WordPress themes. Like the open source WordPress themes are at least well built. This one is like no, no good. I will. I want to point out one more thing. If you are at the top of the website, looking at that, that main banner, uh, a higher level of entertainment, if you watch very closely in the upper left-hand corner, I every, every 10 seconds or so, you'll get a flash that says, are you ready? Register trademark. <laughs> Why? Why is that there? <laughs> Who does this? It looks like an error or like, a, a, an, like a, an artifact or a relic from like a previous design of the website that whoever fucking put this mess together just forgot about and left it in there. It's great. This has got to be one of those secret WWE websites or like JK Rowling used to have in, back in the day to announce the next book of Harry Potter. You got to <laughs> click like certain places and then it unfolds a new website, probably ready to rumble.com where, where you can sign up to be one of the Buffer Battalion members. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a member of the Buffer Battalion now. I just want to walk around and like make it fake citations. And anytime I hear somebody say, let's get ready to rumble out loud, I just fucking hand them one. And then I come back to fucking let's rumble.com. And I narco them to Michael Buffer and I get 10% off next time I want to have him booked for my, my public speaking event. <laughs> when you get to ready to rumble and become a member of the Buffer Battalion, you get <laughs> sent five business cards and you can use those. You can exchange those to use his trademark terms at random times in your life. You just have to send them in. And you also get a tuxedo t-shirt. Oh, it's pretty rad. <laughs> hell yeah. So I don't think you're actually allowed to use his phrase on your own, right? You're not allowed to just use it. You have to book him to come out and he will say the thing for you, judging on like these photos of like NFL games and other fights and stuff, right? Here, here's my question. What do you think is in his green room? What does Michael Buffer request? <laughs> I think it's this top photo. 
these American flags on these women. This is a picture of himself surrounded by girls waving American flags. He needs he needs a TV screen that every ten seconds flashes the phrase "Are you ready?" for no Are fucking you reason. Ready? <laughs> and he looks at it. And he's like, every time that flashes, they pay me fifty bucks, man. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, uh, there's a video clip on the middle of this website. It's him walking out onto the you know the fucking boxing ring, and he's about to do he's about to say a thing. And there's a watermark on the video for HBO, so I'm pretty sure Michael Buffer is encouraging everybody to narc on people who infringe on his copyrights when he himself is probably infringing on a copyright with his fucking website. (laughs) Michael Buffer, you're an American treasure. I don't don't know him personally. (laughs) He's he's certainly got a good phrase. I'll I'll give him that. Oh, he's got multiple phrases, and he's made sure nobody else can fucking use them. We just kickstarted his fan club. I mean, Buffer Battalion is going strong already. (laughs) Good God. (laughs) You know what he should have done? Why did he not have this website start with a loading screen that says, now buffering? Good God. Uh. (laughs) I'm just going to turn my microphone off and let you guys continue with the rest of this episode. (laughs) It's already playing out in my brain. You get the little loading icon that says buffering, capitals buffering, and then the loading icon fades out and fades in. Are you ready? And there's a button you click and it, you enter the red. Dude, it's already building itself. How is this not happening? <laughs> what if the buffering logo is the registered trademark symbol just spinning around slowly? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually great. <laughs> That's actually spectacular. I like that a lot. I think I might actually steal that. <laughs> Do you think when, when Michael Buffer is playing cards with his family at Thanksgiving, his uncle turns to him and says... <laughs> Hey, are you ready for Parcheesi? <laughs> and he goes, oh, that'll be $10. <laughs> I imagine his family probably actually probably had to book him for that engagement. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they tried so hard to fucking do it on this website, and it's fucking impossible because there's actually no fucking link to actually book him for an appearance. This plus one is just always his attorney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, let's, let's somebody tell me why we've gotten down this rabbit hole on Michael Buffer. Like what, what started this all off? What are we actually talking about on today's episode of Space Castle? Rumble, Bumble, Bumblebee, Transformers, <laughs> Michael Bay. Man, good, good segue. That was actually fucking amazing. <laughs> Alex, you should do this for a living. Uh, well, I'd love, really love to. <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it? Patreon.com slash Space Castle pod. <laughs> We had a question posed on our Discord that has clearly broken our brains. <laughs> what a cold open. That's a hot open, baby. <laughs> this cold open is in the fucking deep freezer, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get this going. Somebody asked, who's a worse director? Who's actually a worse director? Zack Snyder or Michael Bay? And I, Seth, the Redbeard, have a hot take. Are you ready? I am so ready for this hot take after that cold, cold open. Please hit me with it. <laughs> Michael Bay is actually a good filmmaker. Hot take. He's not Denis Villeneuve, but he is a good filmmaker. Here's the thing. He made Bad Boys. He did. That's a good movie. He made The Rock. He did. If you don't love The Rock, you're not American. <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> the first Transformers movie is pretty good. Armageddon's not a good movie, sorry. Nope, no. nope. It, it's not a good movie, but it does it for me. I watch Armageddon regularly. That is, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting to, is Michael Bay is somebody who knows the exact type of movie he's making. Yep. And he leans heavily into it. 
And he's got an ego and an arrogance about him, but he has never made any bones about the fact that he, as he says himself, makes movies for teenage boys. Like he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. And he's gotten very, very rich doing it. And despite the fact that he's a very, very, very fucking pretentious man, there's a level of just unpretentiousness about his movies because they are exactly what they are taken on the surface level. They are definitely not trying to be anything else. And I think I, I may be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he graduated like top of his class at, from film school, from like a, pre- a prestigious film school. He went to the Wesleyan University Art Center College of Design. The boy can make a movie. He knows exactly what he's doing. I'm with you, Seth. The obvious answer is Michael Bay to me. I think Zack Snyder is a filmmaker who is really a director of photography, which we've mentioned sort of before. <laughs> if a jazz band relied entirely on like a lead saxophone, that's his movies. That's what you're getting when you see a Zack Snyder film. I, mean, I think you're doing a massive disservice to many very talented jazz saxophonists out there. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking love me some saxophone and some jazz, but... Yes, but it should be balanced. There needs to be balance. Michael Bay is known for big explosions and a fast-paced film set and yada yada. Okay, giant comets coming down to Earth. It's like a one out of three chance that Michael Bay directed this movie. (laughs) Zack Snyder fucking sucks. (laughs) Can I I do the thing, gentlemen? Can I do the thing? I'm going to do the thing. All right, do the thing. Welcome back. To Snyder Slam, everybody, here on Space Castle, where we just knock the shit out of Zack Snyder, his horrible fucking filmography, and the fact that he shouldn't be allowed to make movies anymore because he's fucking terrible. What I said before about Michael Bay having no pretentiousness about the bad movies he makes is the exact opposite of Zack Snyder because, and I'm fully on board for all the death threats I'm going to get for the shit because God knows all the fucking Snyder bros love to throw around the death threats. Zack Snyder has no idea that he is not the storyteller he thinks he is, and he thinks he's making these amazing, profound, deep movies, and they're just shallow fucking pieces of shit that completely miss the point of what they're trying to get across. He made Watchmen, and Watchmen is such a gross misinterpretation of the source material that it's absolutely fucking hysterical. The fact that he fetishizes all the things that Alan Moore tried to dissect and deconstruct, it's just a clear understanding that he has no understanding of the source material he's making. The only good movie the motherfuckers ever made was 300 because all it required of him was just shooting a bunch of buffed up dudes covered in baby oil, killing each other. That is the entire depth of 300. That's fucking it. That is his wheelhouse. You give him Batman, a nuanced character that's been around for 100 years, and the first thing he has him fucking do is shoot people with machine guns and blow them up. The most fundamental like fucking error you can make with Batman is have him kill people. You just can't fucking do that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him up. <laughs> Get him, DT. <laughs> I fucking hate Zack Snyder, man. Like, I don't like Michael Bay, but Michael Bay, he made Bad Boys. He made The Rock. The first Transformers movie is okay. It's charming. Yeah, it's decent. It's fun. It's fun. It's got a sense of grandioseness and a sense of scale to it that all the other movies are lacking because, I mean, once they built the models for the Transformers, it was just like, let's crank one of these motherfuckers out every couple of years and make half a billion dollars. Like, let's fucking roll. I would argue that the first Transformers movie is pretty good, especially for a Transformers movie. I feel sure. like it did... Pretty decent justice to the the IP as a whole. Yeah, Michael Bay, he nearly fucking ruined himself forever for me by fucking up the Ninja Turtles, and I will never forgive him oh, for that yeah. shit. But him fucking that. up the Ninja Turtles is, despite the fact that I'm a massive Ninja Turtles fan, it's not as egregious to me as the fact that Zack Snyder fucked up Watchmen and Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman so absolutely fucking horribly, irreparably. I think he was only a producer for Wonder Woman, which is probably why that one is half decent. 
Uh, Wonder Woman sucked too. But the whole fucking Snyderverse thing is such an abortion of just filmmaking and, and understanding of character values and understanding why people love these characters and why they have loved them for over a century now. It's just, it's fucking staggering to me that he keeps being allowed to make movies. And it's fucking amazing to me that he has a legion of fans that said death threats to people at Warner Brothers because they're not getting their way. They're not getting the Snyder movies they want. It's just, it's fucking staggering to me. It's amazing. They're going to Snyder cut you. <laughs> and the news broke out recently. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to just take over and fucking run this fucking podcast. You got to get your Snyder but... slam out of the way and then we'll talk it, about uh, okay, it. Yeah. <laughs> it came out very recently within the last couple of weeks that a significant portion of all the Snyder cut activity and discourse online was generated by bots. <laughs> no surprise. So it's this fucking fan base that are sending death threats to people in the industry because they're not getting more of these bullshit fucking trash movies. And now it's come out that like 13% of all activity surrounding the Snyder Cut was fake. It was, it was fake. So people wrote bots to publicize this movie and try and get their way to get these trash movies made. And it's just, why are people spending so much goddamn fucking energy on these horrible fucking movies that don't even get these characters right that they claim to love and want more of? I think the more appropriate question is how much money did Zack Snyder spend to get people to write these programs? I don't think he did at all. I don't think he has a hand in it whatsoever. I don't think he did either. Another thing about Zack Snyder is I think he's relatively naive and innocent. I don't think he realizes he's making these fucking terrible movies. I don't think he realizes that he's done Batman and Superman such a massive, uh, I was going to say injustice. But it's just, God, I just, I don't fucking understand it. He's naive. Because he's obviously, he's a talented filmmaker. He just shouldn't be allowed to fucking write anything ever again. He should just be like the guy who's like blocking shots and like working with a cinematographer to make things look pretty because he does make pretty movies, but they are so fucking vapid and hollow and devoid of any all sort of meaning. Guys, I fucking hate Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) This might be a hot take, but I don't agree that he makes pretty movies. Oh, his movies are beautiful. I don't think so. But he's aping whatever the people's style. Like, you watch 300, and it's literally just a shot-for-shot recreation of the comic book. Right. You watch Watchmen, and it's literally just a shot-for-shot staging of the graphic novel. You watch Batman versus Superman, and half that fucking movie is just The Dark Knight Returns. There are movies that do shot-for-shot or close to it that do really well, like Sin City. I don't think Zack Snyder does that well. I think that, yeah, he is copying that style. But I think it's it's also done poorly. Like, I don't think they're very pretty movies. And I don't think that he is a good cinematographer either, <laughs> even though that's okay. like his best his best like movie skill. He's got a very specific like transition style and focal length on his on his lenses that he really, really likes to use in basically every movie. And I don't like it. I don't think it does what he thinks it does. I agree. I think it's just personal preference. It I, is. I don't mind it. Like if I if I needed somebody to do a badass comic book sort of centric slow motion sequence, then maybe I'd consult Zack Snyder because he seems to do this very well. But I only want that for like maximum two to three minutes in my movie. <laughs> I don't want it. For, I don't want it for two and a half hours worth of of nonsense. Like that's not that's not it. You're right. I think that the problems are glorification of the wrong things. Like missing the story and sacrificing that in favor of the aesthetic. So he's clearly somebody that spent a lot of time with graphic novels and comics and has made the the masterful step of taking that and applying it to film, but the medium doesn't work. Like it doesn't translate to movies in the way that we expect and want to see them. 
there are some people out there that all they want is that like comic book recreation and this style works for them. So I see why people really like Zack Snyder's stuff. I understand that that perspective, but I don't think that it jives with most of what Hollywood is looking for and what audiences are expecting when they step into a theater. I want to see Zack Snyder make cool, badass fan films of certain sp- sequences or or scenes from my favorite comic books or fan fiction, but I don't, I don't want to watch a two and a half hour movie that he's made. I don't want the man to touch any intellectual property he doesn't own ever again. I would be perfectly content if he just spent the rest of his career just making like movies like Sucker Punch, which again, he thinks is this deep and like meaningful story he's trying to tell, but all it is is just upskirt shots and like girls fighting CG monsters. And when it comes to the point where it actually has to explore some sort of thesis, it completely drops the ball because he's not capable of deep and intellectual storytelling. He's just not. I, I don't want the man to touch Batman and Superman ever again. I don't think he should be allowed to touch any comic book properties ever again, honestly, because he's not capable of, of doing them justice. He's just not. He Snyderizes everything. And I guess that's working for him because he's got a legion of fans that are willing to, you know, issue death threats and throw fits and, you know, kick up a fuss on social media for years until he gets to do his project he wants to do because for some reason they thought he was like this victim in all of this. When, you know, when the Justice League movie happened and whatnot, but make your own fucking movie, Zack Snyder. Fuck up your own shit. Stop fucking up shit that's existed for a hundred years. Stop. Yeah, he did. Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> did he? He did the remake in 2004, which a lot of uh, people think is like a good, decent movie. People that talk about it refer to it, you know, semi-highly. Fondly. Yeah, fondly. Yeah. Thank you. I think that 300 and... Wonder Woman are probably his best work. And both of those are like, okay, you know, <laughs> it's fine. I didn't like Wonder Woman. He was a producer on Wonder Woman. So he's been kind of, I guess he's sort of like the Russo brothers equivalent to the DC universe. And they did, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier. And then they went on to do the Avengers films, like the big ones, Endgame and Infinity War. Kind of became those sort of like Godfathers sort of shepherds of the mcu so to speak and it's just really unfortunate that Zack snyder has been the equivalent of that for the dc universe because i want to see good dc movies i'm not like a i don't subscribe to that whole war between the two franchises yeah i want a really fucking good batman movie i want to see an excellent superman movie i want to see that universe be successful and allow it to branch out into characters like green arrow and black canary and i want to see that i would love nothing more than to see the dceu be as successful and, and creatively fulfilled and do justice by those characters, no pun intended, and be just as successful as Marvel. But Warner Brothers is a whole other fucking thing. The fact that they allowed this to get so out of control and allow Zack Snyder to be that guy just shows a complete and utter lack of fucking foresight. So everybody in this situation has made their bed and now they're, they're laying in it. I mean, look what's going on with fucking Ezra Miller, too. Like, that guy's oh, off his fucking dude. rocker, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Like, the whole DCEU is just an absolute fucking dumpster fire from beginning to end. It's a reason Affleck ran, you know? He's back now. He is? Announced this weekend. Yeah, they talked Ben Affleck back into coming into um, Aquaman 2, so he'll be in Aquaman 2. <laughs> it's really easy to point to Zack Snyder here, right? It's, it's really easy to see the, the problems with the DCEU. Because their casting is actually quite good. Uh, Henry Cavill as Superman is great. Jason Momoa as Aquaman is great. I think Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, great. 
I, I disagree there. I'm not a fan of Gal Gadot in general. I don't think I'm she's with Seth a, on this one. Yeah, I don't think she's a great actress at all. I think she's a perfect Wonder Woman because she's not Leia Sidhu or anything. She's a little green, but that's perfect for Wonder Woman because Wonder, Wonder Woman doesn't know shit about the world. Like that's it's great. I think it works perfectly. Like her acting style, I think works perfectly for Wonder Woman. Anyways, casting's great. Ben Affleck as Batman is fucking wonderful. I love that idea of Batman. Like an older, broken, tired alcoholic batman is great that i like that idea but then you put it in Zack snyder's hands and it's just like he just fumbles it i i do agree that ben affleck was inspired casting a lot of people like thumb their noses at it like fucking ben affleck fucking they're gonna do daredevil all over again i was like no this is a guy who has lived that millionaire billionaire like hollywood playboy lifestyle with a whole lot of like turmoil and shit going on underneath the surface and i thought he brought that to to batman yeah I thought it was inspired casting. I thought he was going to be great. And he's the best part of that movie, aside from Henry Cavill, who's just fucking dynamite as Superman. He's great in everything. <laughs> but it's these awesome actors that are really well cast in these roles. Just handed shit. Yeah. And that's why it's it's easy to point to Zach. Well, he's someone fucking all this shit up. And people want to say that, oh, yeah, this is like a broken, older Batman who's seen a bunch of shit. And he's been through a bunch of trauma. So all of a sudden, it's okay for him to start killing people because he's just, he's all fucked up in the head. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Trauma and being fucked up in the head is what inspired Batman to become Batman in the fucking first place. So there's no justifiable reason for Batman to be going around killing people and shooting them with machine guns and blowing them the fuck up. There's just not. You can do all the fucking mental gymnastics you want to try and justify Zack Snyder's choices. The fact of the matter is, is you're just making a fucking martyr of this guy. And again, I don't understand why all these Snyder bros have put this guy on a pedestal and they want to simultaneously treat him like some kind of fucking hero and like awesome filmmaker. They also want to try and like protect him and defend him as some sort of fucking like victim in all of this too. I don't fucking get it, man. Cult of personality. That whole concept in general is just so fucking creepy and weird to me. We see it in Hollywood. We see it on social media. We see it in politics. And we'll take all of your death threats at spacecastlepodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> I think it's just because of his distinct style. And some people are, are sort of trained and or conditioned themselves over time to appreciate something that they haven't seen before in film in insofar as he creates unique sequences Zack snyder has that sort of auteur director distinction but he doesn't have the capability as a director to put it together so can he create a unique style yes does he fall under that category of, of an auteur director i think so but i don't think it makes him a good director people have that this misconception that auteur directors are good directors by nature like oh tarantino wes anderson whatever you don't want to watch a wes anderson war movie i might know? actually i would i think he would kill it i mean have you seen french dispatch i have seen all of the wes anderson but my point that i that i don't want to get away from is that Zack snyder is capable of making really good cuts and interesting sequences but ultimately the film doesn't come together it's like if you got a woodworker a craftsman that had excellent source material, some choice mahogany. Zack Snyder could probably cut that up in a nice way, but he can't assemble the furniture afterwards. He can't put it together. At the end of the day, you're left with a big clunky pile of really nice looking wood cut probably to the way that you would want it for your end all dining table. But he tries to slap it together in a way that it ends up looking like a chase lounge instead. Yeah. And he does so by cutting down a 150 year old gorgeous redwood tree. And for some reason, everybody's like, yeah, fuck that tree. And I'm like, dude, that tree has been there for 150 years. It's amazing and beautiful. Let's treat it with respect. Yeah. Right. Let's treat it with fucking respect. I don't want to see that redwood tree flying around in a jet plane, blowing motherfuckers up with 50 cows. Come on. <laughs> 
Like, what the fuck? We haven't even talked about Michael Bay at all. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about Michael Bay, honestly. You've kind of touched on the fact that he's a very good technical filmmaker. We know he's a prick. He treats his actors and his, and his crew like fucking tools, and he is himself a tool. He's a fucking dickhead. But he has no preconceptions about the movies he's making. He knows he, he makes popcorn trash films, and he makes those relatively well. Not always. Some of the later Transformer movies are absolute incoherent trash because he just stopped fucking caring because it was just a blank check. It was easy money. Pearl Harbor's super ultra, you know, patriotic sort of nonsense. It's noise. The Island was him trying to do something deep and intellectual, and that's not a great movie. Uh, Six Underground was actually kind of fun. And I've heard really good things about Pain and Gain, but I don't really like The Rock, and I don't really like Marky Mark. And I don't want to support Marky Mark in anything besides The Departed. So, oh, Pain and Gain was fine. Armageddon for me is a is a big win for for Michael Bay. Uh, we've got to talk about this at some point too. The the like movie twins that come out all the time with Armageddon and the Core and oh, like deep how impact. there's always like, yeah. <laughs> there's a there there are papers that people have written on this where there's some kernel of a story that's get, that gets floated out in Hollywood and then it, and then two movies come out at the same time. Uh, you see it again with like friends with benefits and no strings attached mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's it's common throughout the, the course of Hollywood history. Which one of those is the one with uh, Justin Timberlake? That was friends with benefits. That was the better of the two. I agree. And I think Woody Harrelson made that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As he usually does. The other one was fucking Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman, right? Yes. She was not right for that, that movie at all. No, weird. I think it was it was fine, though. I, th- I thought it was was good. I think Seth is going to get us back on topic. Please, Seth. <laughs> no. Uh, what I think is interesting <laughs> is those particular pair real fast. We'll get back on topic uh, in just a second. That pair had Justin Timberlake and... Mila Kunis, right? Mila Kunis. And then the other one had... Kutcher and Portman. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it's interesting that both the married couple of Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher both made similar movies with different people at the same time. That's very interesting. (laughs) I'd love to like talk to them about that. I'm sure it was, it wasn't like, you know, any weird shit for the marriage, but I I would be very interested to know like what that was like outside of that. Like talking about the movies together over dinner and be like, Oh yeah, mine's like that too. Or like, Oh, like I would be so interested to see like how that dynamic played out making almost the same movie as a married couple, but like th- there are two two different movies together at the same time. I'd be it'd be so weird. I think to wrap up my point and all that I have to say about it, I think Michael Bay is the clear winner. I think he makes long, overzealous movies that try to balance this like over the top pace and big explosions with quiet, slow, ponderous moments, and it works to some degree in movies like Armageddon or Pearl Harbor, but. Otherwise, it just makes a really long movie that doesn't need to be quite as long as it is. Snyder, I mean, I think we've all said enough on that point. I know I have not. (laughs) (laughs) I can fill another 40 minutes about bitching about Zack Snyder, but I'll I'll spare you guys all of that. So I think we've reached a a consensus here that Michael Bay is overall the the better of the two filmmakers. Yeah, I don't think that was really in question, to be honest with you. Yeah, they both make shit movies, but again, Michael Bay knows he's making shit movies. Zack Snyder makes fucking shit movies. He thinks he's making profound movies, and I think that makes him suspect, honestly. So, he's sus. Can we throw, can we, 
can we get him on the space castle just so we can throw him out the airlock? <laughs> I'll slap the button, call an emergency meeting. Last time that happened, it was still you that was the imposter, though, so I'd probably avoid that one. My left arm is still numb, too. It's weird. <laughs> uh, I blame Goldblum. Speaking of which, right on time. I, I think it would be hilarious if we did a side quest Snyder Slam and it's just DT talking for 25 minutes and then the last like three minutes Seth is like, I've been here too the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I did think that would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> should we get some messages from Earth and come back with our Deep Space Recon and our listener question? We should totally do that. Psst. Hey, you want to get doomed? I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul mouth biddies have an always casual, often comedic. What? I think we're funny. And sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down nostalgia lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod and on Twitter at Doom Gen Pod. Later, Doomers! You think when the pod hits it big and people start making their own merch for our show, we're going to get like a WWE Snyder Slam t-shirt, like <laughs> event t-shirt? I would buy the entire stock. That sounds excellent. I cannot wait for that to happen. Gentlemen, um, I learned something recently on the internet. What? Did you know that we've been saying sexy time and seg in general wrong? I've been saying it correctly. I know you've been saying it. You've been doing lots of wrong things around this word. It's Segway. It's Segway. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Segway. We know that. I thought it was just a gag that you were doing. I did not actually know. And I stumbled upon a random TikTok video where a woman was going through uh, words in the English language that everybody says wrong, like hyperbole and shit like that. She would show the word on the screen and she'd give you a couple seconds to see if you know how to say it correctly or not. And the word segue was on there. And I was like, oh, let's seg. And she says segue. And I was like, bull fucking shit. Like she's pulling people's chains. Like, come on, TikTok. You're better than this. You're really not. And I get on fucking Google and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm 38 <laughs> years old. And I've been saying this very common word in the English language wrong my entire fucking life. I thought you knew when we were just playing. I need an actual timeout real fast. DT, are you being for real? Being for real, man. Holy shit. I thought oh Segway was like S-E-G-U-E space or not space, one word, W-A-Y. I did what? not realize that word was pronounced Segway. Wow. Whoa. I didn't know. No, but DT, you have your like you have your like DTisms. They're they're words that you say different than other people. That's actually fascinating. Like now I know what Zack Snyder feels like every single day in his life, just wandering around completely fucking ignorant. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> That's actually extremely interesting. I know. I know. Okay, so all of us have different mannerisms, right? We all have different things that we say. Like like Seth, for instance, says either instead of either or either. I say I no, I don't. I definitely do not say either. I say either. I say either for sure. Well, uh, I've heard you say I've heard you say either, but you say you regularly say either. And DT says origin differently than most people do. Or Oregon. <laughs> no, he says origin. Oh, really? You put the emphasis on the first I. I always thought that it was just a, an ism. Like, a, it's just a thing. Huh. He's saying seg instead of segue. 
Yeah. I thought you were just shortening it because seg is funny. Because seg's C time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what do I do now? This bit is dead because I can't continue on saying the word wrong being the intellectual fucking hipster poser I am. Oh, no. You just lean into it. Like, do I call it segwayzy time? No. Because that sounds like Patrick's. I don't know. It sounds like Patrick Swayze, actually, which is kind of sexy. Just leave it the same. Seg is short for Segway. It is now. You're the only one that says <laughs> that, but that's fine. <laughs> I just assumed that you were cutting the word Segway in half and saying Seg. 400 years from now, no one will know the difference and it will be Seg. And that's the true true, you know? This I, is I actually really like. I made a Cloud Atlas reference that went way over everybody's head. No, <laughs> no, no I got no. it. I, I just, just refuse to acknowledge it. I refuse it because to fuck acknowledge any movie. Cloud Atlas reference as a rule. <laughs> Uh, Seth, long distance high five, sir. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fucking A. Yeah, you know what's up. Cloud Atlas sucks. Because <laughs> we, we coined the term sexy time from our friend Skylar in Omega Star 7 because we had him on an episode where he was talking about uh, crafting characters and worlds. And we came back from the break and he was like, oh, is it sexy time? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to run with that so fucking long and hard. And there, there's my inappropriate <laughs> joke right there. I had no idea. that. I, I know. I, I mean, I had no idea, obviously, that it's actually pronounced Segway. That's awesome, man. I love That's shit like amazing. this. That's amazing. Aren't, aren't humans so fucking cool? No. <laughs> We're fucking morons who embarrass ourselves on a regular basis. Language is rad as shit. So the company Segway that makes like those two-wheeled transportations. The scooters, It's spelled yeah. S-E-G-W-A-Y. Yeah. You just thought that that was like a weird portmanteau or something? Exactly. I thought it was like a like a reconfiguring of the word for their own branding. Fascinating. Yeah. Like segway. Like that's it's it's your way towards yeah. something else. It is I your mean, it, seg. It, it is that, but they were just misspelling the actual word segway. No, I thought s- kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fa- that's that's super, <laughs> I thought seg and segway were two separate words. And now I'm aware yeah. that the word seg doesn't actually fucking exist. Like it is segway. Yeah. It's segue. Cool. That reminds me of uh, How I Met Your Mother. The Tamilian <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, what? He, he'd only ever read Chameleon. So in his head, he pronounced it Chameleon. Yeah. Because obviously. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar called. thing with Corridor when I, yeah, when I was a- Corridor? How do you mispronounce Corridor? I didn't know how to say it. I'd only ever read it and I'd never heard the word. Hmm. I was really young. Anyway, I realized, Seth, it's not either either. It's other but you say it other sometimes other anyway yeah like the other thing I, hey for real i want you to point it out to me because one i cannot picture myself saying anything other other than other yeah right right exactly and i'm sure that i have something like this that i just don't recognize yeah so i want to know because that's going to bother my my like adhd ocd brain <laughs> <laughs> if i hear it i'll, I'll point it out thank you <laughs> yeah so dt had a segue like <laughs> is this the whole thing <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that is my segue. Into? <laughs> Into Alex's Deep Space Recon. It's so sad. Right? That's speaking so of sad. words, speaking of words and, and language and writing, I, I read a book once that had good words in it. Sounds fake. <laughs> Sounds fake. People on the show have heard me talk about Brian McClellan before because of Page Break, which is a podcast that I've talked about on Deep Space before. Last month, he released a book called In the Shadow of Lightning, which is the first in a new epic fantasy trilogy. And uh, it's it's a really cool concept. It's kind of industrial magic, wherein people take something called cinder sand and make god glass out of it. 
and there are people in this world who can telekinetically like manipulate glass in such a way that it can be used as a weapon. Um, there are other people called Silicius who create god glass, and they have different functions. So a particular bit of cinder sand can be made into something like milk glass, which will like dull pain, or cure glass, which will heal you, or forge glass, which makes you stronger, sky glass, which makes you kind of like sharp between the ears. The magic system is is phenomenal. But essentially, it follows these four primary characters. One's the Lightning Prince, or a sort of failed uh, military leader and politician turned grifter that comes back to the city. So he stayed a politician? <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, then we have a journeyman, a Silicier, who becomes sort of master in her own right. And uh, then there's a, she's kind of the roguish character that's an inquisitor of sorts for guild families. The last character I didn't mention is a guy named Idrian, who is uh, like a, a guy called a breacher. He's kind of a big tank. He's like, um, he's got one god glass eye and... Uh, whenever there's like a battle, he's the person that's in the vanguard leading the way. The military aspects of it are, are centered around these people like Breachers or um, like the other main character, uh, Demir, who is a glass dancer, who is one of the people who is powerful enough to manipulate God Glass in such a way that it's telekinetically going to tear shit up. <laughs> it's cool. It just is a really cool concept. So this this book, it kind of has a guild family background and feeling inside the city. Uh, military and sort of flintlock fantasy is is where Brian has come from in his earlier trilogy, the Powder Mage books, starting with Promise of Blood. Um, but he kind of hangs on to that sort of military vibe uh, while incorporating a guild family city environment and this really cool new magic system. And it's awesome. It's definitely worth a read. And I plan on releasing soon side quest for it. Sick, man. Keep an eye out for that. I will. Side quest, side quest. <laughs> I'm a fucking sucker for good magic systems. I just finished Quantum Magician too, so like I'm looking for a new book, and maybe it's time to give Brian McClellan another shot. We've talked about it before. His his writing style doesn't quite gel with me, but I'm a sucker for a good magic system. He's certainly a protege of Sanderson, so I think anybody that likes Mistborn or or that kind of vibe will appreciate his writing style. Um, but to some people, myself included, sometimes Brandon Sanderson doesn't always work. So it kind of depends. You've got to be in the right right headspace, and the concept has to sound cool to you. Because if you don't, if you don't like the concept that I just pitched, essentially this God Glass concept, you're not going to enjoy this book. Because these types of series, these epic fantasy books, they really hinge on the magic systems. To me, it sounds awesome. Like industrial magic, yes, I'm there for it. The the maker concept with Silicius, super awesome. Because you can take somebody that doesn't have the telekinetic ability and still make them valuable in this world by making them capable of creating powerful objects and things. Love that. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Brian McClellan in the shadow of lightning. Do we have a listener question? We do. We do. And because it's literally your birthday, the day of this recording, you have been tasked with choosing the listener question and dropping it on me and Seth. Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready? I think so. I am not. This this question. This question. Oh, it's, oh, it's Star Wars. All right, ready? Oh. Why is Lando wearing Han's clothes at the end of Empire Strikes Back? This question comes from Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lando. I. <laughs> I'm just picturing Lando Calrissian. Why am I wearing Han's clothes? <laughs> <laughs> Someone please answer this question for me. DT, you're up first. Go. Uh, because 
its standard issue Millennium Falcon Captain attire. Because Lando forgot to bring a change of clothes and there happened to be a spare set of Han's clean clothes in the back. Because they both they both shop at Space Old Navy. <laughs> because the costume director was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because he actually really wanted to get with Princess Leia and he thought he could fool her. It's me, Han. I didn't get frozen in the carbonite. Let's fuck. <laughs> no? Seth, save us. What do you got? There's a problem with that theory, DT. Well, there's a very significant lack of consent in that situation. I'm actually a little ashamed of that joke, but I'm going to leave it in anyway. Well, I mean, it's not like she would... St- she would see that it's it's Lando. Like it, there, a jacket does not make a man. <laughs> oh, cl- clothes make the man, don't they? Is that the saying? No, that's that's a company that's tricking you into that. Oh. <laughs> Just like diamonds are forever. No, diamonds <laughs> are cheap and they're easy. <laughs> DTC too many gentlemen's warehouse commercials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> I heard a rumor. Uh, a myth that it's because they couldn't get Harrison Ford to sign on for the next movie. And so the they were hedging their bet by putting Lando in those clothes to make you associate him with the Millennium Falcon. And that potentially if Ford didn't sign on, Lando would kind of take his place in this role as sort of the roguish smuggler sidekick to Luke. Yeah, I would totally believe that. That sounds exactly like something Lucas would do. Kinda, yeah. Interesting. Is that like an actual thing? It's a commonly heard myth. I don't know if it's actually been proven or anything. I I do know that Harrison didn't sign on until later. Yeah, and I know for a fact he wanted Han Solo to die at the end of Return of the Jedi too. Yeah. And then there was like a weird thing where like Lando Calrissian was going to die at the Battle of Endor. He he wasn't going to make it out of the Death Star before it blew up. Or I don't know. There's a lot of weird shit in Star Wars where characters were supposed to die and they just didn't. Well, that's what happens when you're making a movie in the 70s and you just fucking fly by the seat of your pants and have your wife rewrite the entire thing right before you start shooting. And, you know, eh. shit gets weird. Yeah. And if you want a feel good ending, you can't kind of like, you can't kind of steal the limelight from Vader at the end, you know? You can't have people be like, Vader, oh wow. And then be like, what about Lando? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with killing a main character for dramatic effect in the, the resolution of your story, I think. That's fine. As long as it makes sense. DT, I've got great news for you. You're going to love the later books in Red Rising. <laughs> everybody yeah. dies. Sweet. <laughs> it is quite literally everybody dies, and then Pierce Brown's name is at the bottom of the cover. It is Star Wars meets Game of Thrones for sure. <laughs> I've come full circle on that description. Thank you, Pierce. <laughs> Seth, do you have any theories? Why is Lando wearing Han's clothes? Other than their sordid romance. That isn't isn't really addressed in the movies. <laughs> the only headcanon I accept is that Han was like after a battle needed to go clean up and Lando stole his clothes because he thought it'd be fucking funny and refused <laughs> to give them back. And the only way that he could get away with like refusing to give them back is by wearing them and Han has to like wear a robe or something. Oh, dude. So we know that Han Solo kind of swindled Lando Calrissian out of winning the Millennium Falcon until he got it. And there's always been bad blood between them. <laughs> you think he won his jacket and shit in a bet? Yeah. So maybe Han Solo's been wearing Lando's clothes this entire fucking time. And Lando <laughs> gets the ship back at the end of Empire. And he's like, there's my fucking vest, you son of a fucking bitch. Stay in that carbonite for a couple of years. 
I've been looking for this everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that one actually like sounds like it's real, to be honest. I dig that theory. I, I like that, yeah. They're just his clothes that Han's been wearing all the time. <laughs> he fucking took his ship and he took his clothes and he's just been like playing out this Lando fantasy all these years. He's in hyperspace. Han's exploring this new ship that he's got and he opens up a thing and oh, look at this fucking vest, dude. Look at this thing. <laughs> Choice. <laughs> what if Chewbacca was Lando's best friend originally and he was just asleep on the Falcon when Han took it from him? And he just, <laughs> Chewie just went with it. Like, yeah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's fan fiction out there where that's it. Like, I want your your ship and your Wookiee life debt. <laughs> Give me both. <laughs> yeah, Chewie wakes up and he's like, you know, Wookiee life debts aren't really transferable, but he is wearing the vest. So <laughs> I guess I gotta. He who wears this vest <laughs> shall possess the power of the Wookiee. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. I think we should probably end on that note. (laughs) Okay, while we're wrapping this up, here's what I want for my birthday. I want everyone who's listening to this to call in and leave us a voicemail. Do you have the number handy, DT? I do, as always. It is 1-970-591-3577. And what I want for Alex's birthday is for everybody listening right now to leave us a review on Good Pods, Apple, or Spotify. And please share this episode and all other episodes with as many friends as you have. Well, that was what I was going to say, so. Shit, I'm sorry. That's what you get for taking two things, man. He just takes and he takes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. As always, it is SpaceCast, your clubhouse, and ours for all things nerdy. My name's DT, and Seth is also here, too. <laughs> and taking that from you as well. <laughs> and I guess I've been Redwine and Snatch Alex, part-time librarian, Winnebago Thief, inverse Batman, Bison Basher, Centaur Biologist, Master and Space Commander, all topped on him. I love you. We'll let you keep that one.